Hello, and welcome back to Loading Screen, a podcast where we help you, the listener, discover new games and genres. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Tristan Jung. And this is Reza. Welcome. On today's episode, you've probably played one. You've definitely probably seen one or heard about at least. Otherwise, you've probably been living under a rock or something like that. We'll be talking about multiplayer online battle arenas or MOBAs. That sounds like the geekiest stuff we've, we've talked about in this entire podcast so far. Multiplayer online battle arenas. I, I feel like it's a catch-all <laughs> statement, like uh, like RPGs almost. This This is... <laughs> It sounds very detailed, but it's actually very broad. <laughs> I No, you're totally right. I think there's just something about it that sounds so gamey to me, mm-hmm. um, especially the use of the word arena. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's used that often outside of the gaming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I guess it is used for other stuff, but it's just a funny, it, it's just a funny thing to me. I, I had the, uh, the word like battle bots stuck in my head the whole time and I, as I was thinking <laughs> about it. It, it. it does sound very geeky. I, I agree with you. Yeah, no, it is. So Tristan, I think, you know, I've talked about this before, but I am a complete noob to this genre. Uh, I, I've never played it that much. And so I think I'm going to learn just as much as my listeners here. But like, how would you define the genre? Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, I'm going to read off of uh, Wikipedia first. MOBAs or multiplayer online battle arenas is a subgenre of strategy video games in which two teams of players compete against one another in a predefined battlefield. And as I read that, I realized that's like literally any sport on Earth. Yeah. (laughs) Call of Duty is a MOBA. Call of Duty is a MOBA. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) There's battlefields. I think think all games are just within the same genre. Like at some point, it just becomes the same thing. Um, But but to go into a little bit more detail, there are some defining aspects. Um, Usually there's a one-to-one mapping between who a player controller uh, controls. So a player usually controls a singular, powerful in-game unit, sometimes called a hero, sometimes called a champion. And they have a unique set of abilities um, that kind of caters to different styles of play. Um, and you, you know, heroes die and can be killed through the use of health points. Um, and usually to use abilities, you have to use mana, um, which is kind of a, another kind of uh, resource in the game and mm-hmm. as you kill things or uh I, I guess killing things is the main uh way to do it you gain experience <laughs> where you you grow in levels and as you grow in levels you get more stats you get more abilities things like that um so that's one aspect in terms of who you control and then the tip uh typically the the goal for each team is to destroy their opponent's base and there's usually a main structure that's located at the heart of the base. And it's kind of on opposite sides of the battlefield. Gotcha. Um, and actually, I'll pause there in case you had any questions. I'm trying to be like, take take a step by step as much as possible. Uh, no, I mean, I think everything you're saying makes sense to me. It definitely reminds me of some of the, like the few times that I've played something like League of Legends, right? Like, uh, I think the most interesting part of this for me is how some of the like hero slash champion elements have kind of spread into other genres mm-hmm. of video games lately. Like it, it's a really, um, interesting way of incentivizing team play, right? And I'm like, sure you'll talk about this later on, but, um, I think it's, a uh, 
it just goes into why some folks like this game and why you know they're multiplayer in in, in nature. So makes sense. Yeah. So to dig into it a little bit more, um, the map is usually symmetrical in nature. Uh, you have both teams on start starting on either side, and the units on the map uh, tend to be a combination of champions or heroes, which are player controlled, mm-hmm. and minions, which are kind of these like really weak units that basically kind of. Uh, add to the quote-unquote rhythm of the game. Where maybe that's season two's like uh, a slogan Steam. for loading loading screen uh, rhythm. Um, so it's funny because you think all games are rhythm games. All games are rhythm games. <laughs> On the final <laughs> season of loading screen, that, I, that's the bomb I'm going to drop. Uh, so I, that's that's usually what it looks like. It's top down kind of strategy, almost like a real time strategy game akin to Starcraft or Warcraft. And there's a reason for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you control characters in that setting. And as you had mentioned, a lot of the kind of diversity and skill comes from the fact that there are usually more than 100 champions that you can oh, choose wow. from. That's crazy. And they're all very different in terms of the abilities that they have, how they fit into different comp- uh, team compositions and the strategy strategies that you can take. Um, so I can dig a little bit more deep into it, but that's MOBAs at like a 10,000 foot level. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I'm curious. So you mentioned like the computer controlled units in most of the games that you're going to talk about today. Are those units that you have any amount of control over? Or are they typically like literally just AI bots that are um, almost serving as buffer to the player on player gameplay, which is the heart of, of, of the genre? Yeah, they're they're more the latter of kind of being the buffer and providing experience so that players can level up. Um, so a lot of these games, as I mentioned, they tend to be symmetrical on the map. And there's like very uh, specific lanes where these computer-controlled minions will spawn um, mm-hmm. periodically. And eventually they'll kind of clash in the middle of the map and they, they kind of kill each other. Um, and that is one to provide... Uh, player-controlled characters' experience as, as you kind of kill them and gain money. Um, but yeah. it's also makes it a little bit more exciting in terms of the nuanced micro-strategy because it's not just an arena fighter where you're doing like one-on-ones the whole time. Um, yeah. But you, you can kind of utilize where the minions are. You can push them a little bit more. You can pull them in a little bit more. Um, and they also target your champion if you attack them. Um, so there's it adds another layer of complexity to the gameplay. So I'm guessing it also helps contribute to the general more active nature of these games, right? Like I'm assuming that these teams are usually just made up of like three to four players on each side. And so having these like robo characters can kind of make sure there's just constant action as opposed to just like die, rebirth, die, rebirth. Yeah, exactly. So um, most of these games tend to be in a 5v5 setting. So you have five people on each side. And I think what it also introduces is, you know, imagine there were no minions. um, And the only way you can gain experience is if you fought other players. Mm -hmm. That probably doesn't introduce a good uh, notion of trade-off because, you know, if you are ignoring other players and choosing to farm in your lane, you're gaining a lot more experience and, and money, but maybe the rest of your team is losing because they're uh, fighting one person down, right? So yeah. that's where the complexities uh, start to become added. All right, so Reza, before we jump into why people play these games, this genre of game tends to be pretty popular. It's probably one of the most popular games. Can you name me three different MOBA games? <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, I, I think I mentioned League of Legends is uh-huh. like the one that almost immediately comes to mind. Um, you know, it's like known as the toxic game uh, <laughs> that everyone plays and gets very angry about. But I feel like I remember friends in high school talking about it all the time. Um, I think the other major one is like Dota, Dota 2. Uh, or something like that. But other than those two, I, I don't think there's any that I, I, I know off the top of my head, honestly. Got it. Well, you're going to learn a lot more as we go through this <laughs> episode. I, I have two different lists of mobile games. Wow. Um, thriving alive mobile games and dead mobile games. So. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Are dead mobile we'll, games even like... Do they have a point or they're just dead, right? They're dead as in the, uh, you know, they shut down the servers. So you oh, can't even play them anymore. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, <gasps> sorry, but I, I digress. Uh, I just want to kind of touch on, because these games are so popular to start with, I just want to see how many mobile games you knew. Yeah, I think they are. Like, I, I think in the gaming community in particular, I think MOBAs are probably the most gamey games, if that makes sense. Like, they don't have uh, narrative... <laughs> I guess the point I'm trying to make is like most people don't play them for the narrative or anything like that. There's like a clear competitive element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like for people that are looking to get that like gaming rush of yeah. like beating people and like like being really great at a pretty specific thing, I think mm-hmm. MOBAs are like pretty good for that. Yep. I agree. Um, so you've touched upon how these games are probably one of the most popular genre of video games. Um, can you talk a little bit about like why people even play these games in the first place? Yeah, of course. Um, I think before that, just so I concretely detail how popular these games are, I actually pulled some numbers um, about how many players play these games. So you mentioned League of Legends and Dota 2. Um, They're actually kind of the more popular games in the genre. Um, Some of the most popular games in general, in terms of like monthly active users, monthly active players, uh, are Fortnite and Roblox. You know, Fortnite has about 270 million players a month. Roblox has around 224 million players. Uh, League of Legends is actually really close. It has 125 million uh, players a month, and it beats out things like Genshin Impact, which is pretty popular, Apex Legends, Clash Royale, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which we talked about last episode. Um, So it's really up there in terms of, like, really, really popular games. And, you know, player base is nothing to scoff at. and we'll talk about this later on as well. But after that, the other MOBAs in the genre tend to really die down in terms of active users. Dota 2 wavers around 2 million. So it's about, um, I think, 2% of League of Legends. And then Smite, which is another one, wavers around 300k. Oh my um, God. So uh, I, I think MOBAs, before we get into why people play these games, tend to... It's hard to play multiple MOBAs at the same time, and I can explain why. Yeah. So people tend to gravi- gravitate towards um, the more popular ones. This isn't oh. a podcast question, but uh-huh. if Dota only has like 2 million players, why is yeah. it so big in the competitive scene? Uh, it's very big in China. Maybe I missed China, because Steam doesn't keep track of China here. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, that would make sense because I feel like it's up there in terms of competition with League of Legends in terms of just like how many, uh, what's it called? Esports attention it has, right? Yeah. Maybe this is like completely off. I, I might have to double check afterwards. Okay. Um, but to actually answer your question about why people play games in this genre, I broke it down into a couple things. Um, one, I, I feel like I used this last time too. Uh, you work with the team and defeat a common enemy, right? There's a lot of cooperation 
MOBA games tend to be social games. I know you said League of Legends is a toxic game or is the toxic <laughs> game. Um, but, you know, it, it's basically a place where five people get together and they can chat and have fun and, you know, play a game together. So I think that's the, the first one. Um, next, I put in easy to learn with a question mark and then <laughs> hard to master. So uh, going back to what we talked about with tactical shooters, for instance, there is payoff in terms of the amount of time, like time you invest in it. Um, a lot of popular MOBAs tend to have a lot of players across diverse set of skills. So the game will match you against similar skilled players, right? If, mm-hmm. if the player count of a game is too low, um, and we talked about this with tactical shooters, actually, you don't want to play against people who are just like completely out of your league. You're not going to have a fun time. Yeah. Um, so mobile, since the player base is so large, you'll be able to find people within your skill level. So that works, um, within the game, I guess we wouldn't even talk about items. You can buy items in these games, depending on, you know, what skills you want to augment, what stats you want to augment. Mm-hmm. So thinking about the combination of the items, usually games tend to have like a hundred plus items, the abilities you can use and champions, which also there's a hundred plus of, um, a lot of the expertise comes from being able to understand various core concepts and making quick decisions uh, from game to game. Interesting. Okay. I wouldn't describe that as easy to learn, but I'm guessing the implementation that the games use probably ease you into it rather than just like throwing you in the middle of making a lot of these decisions. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's why I put a question mark. I think it really depends on the game. Um, I think some games do it better than others. So for instance, in League of Legends, although this is probably not their primary intention, um, when you first start playing the game, you only have access to like 15 champions mm-hmm. out of the 120 or however many they have right now. Yeah. Um, so it kind of forces you to play and learn a very small subset instead of just throwing you into the fire. So Dota 2 does the opposite where... <laughs> all the heroes are unlocked by default. So you open up the character select screen. I can send you a mm-hmm. picture of it afterwards. And there's like 130 heroes on there. And you, you're oh like, God. what is going on, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of these games tend to follow metas um, as like fighting games or any other competitive game does. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's kind of a good uh, kind of guide or or things you can pull from without having to do your research from scratch so that's why yeah. i put easy to learn in question marks that makes sense that last point was ex- was another one i was going to bring up as well that i think like the player um audiences for these games are so passionate about them that they're just constantly building resources for people to to read up on and and kind of discuss mm-hmm. um and so i feel like new players don't necessarily need to learn everything from scratch scratch but they're rather like guided there by the community itself. Um, if the community isn't you know, too toxic. <laughs> <laughs> all, all MOBA games are toxic to a certain extent. Um, so, Is it ethical that we are introducing people to this genre, Tristan? <laughs> uh, this is like discovering new games and genres, right? We're not forcing you to play. <laughs> it's, up to, it's a player's choice type of situation. It's a player's choice, sorry. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so that's the uh, that's the second one. You know, easy to learn, hard to master. So kind of that um, long-term progression in terms of if you want to get better and, you know, you don't it, you don't want to be an expert at something after two hours, right? That's going to get yeah. boring. Um, it, th- these type of games tend to provide a long-term experience. Yeah, makes sense. Um, next, 
most of them are free to play. I think that's a huge kind of plus. If, if you looked at the other games that I mentioned that have a large player base, they tend to be free to play too. Actually, all the games that I mentioned are free to play, right? Like Fortnite's free, CSGO has a free version, Genshin, Apex, Roblox, they're all free. Um, MO games um, also tend to be free. Now, okay. where the predatory practices come in is um, <laughs> a lot of games require you to buy new champions that are released. Um, so once they got you addicted and you want to play the new champions that come out, you tend to have to buy them either through currency that you get by playing or with real money. Um, and in general, a lot of games you know, following the other microtransaction models have a set of cosmetics that you can purchase for your champions and heroes um, that don't affect the gameplay at all, but it's to kind of add your own brand flair touch to, to how you want to represent your characters. Yeah, no, it's interesting that you bring that up. I mean, I, I always find it so funny that some of the other genres that we brought up, like tactical first-person shooters and stuff, are more controversial for people when in reality, like some of the tactics that are employed by by this genre in particular mm-hmm. are, are likely more directly harmful for people. Yeah. Um, I think for average players, definitely you're fine. Like more often than not, you don't really have to worry about the the, the money components. Um, but there is like a non-insignificant portion of players that become whales in the industry that are just throwing thousands of dollars a month into, into these games because they're just like obsessed with them. Now, I don't expect any of our listeners to do that, but it's a pretty interesting, um, I think it's a testament to how these games can, can be so addictive to a lot of people. Yeah. And to be fair, these games, um, pick, you know, you know, that saying like choose your poison, right? Yeah. Um, they choose all the poisons. So like <laughs> Dota 2, for instance, has a loot box system and a marketplace, right? <laughs> like <laughs> League of Legends as well. You can buy skins off the store and they have loot boxes yeah. um, and they have battle passes. It's crazy. They like have battle passes too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they, I mean, they... they're totally free, right? So they like, oh, yeah. this is their, it's their business practice. It's just how they make money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely questionable uh, when they, for certain players anyways, I think it definitely crosses the line sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the skins and such tend to, like the really, really fancy ones, creep up into pretty expensive territory. They tend to be like $20, $30. Yeah. Um, and they Which only work. insane. Yeah, it's insane. And they only work for one hero or champion, right? So yeah. let's say you like playing four or five different champions, you're going to have to buy a skin for each of them, right? Like, even in my um, group, uh, we, we actually make fun of each other if you don't have a skin for the champ you're playing. So oh I think that God. probably adds, adds to the toxicity. That's so uh, toxic. It's wild, though, because I'm just looking up revenue numbers right now for, mm-hmm. for, for some of these games, and um, League of Legends alone had $1.75 billion in revenue. Yeah. Um, I think in like 2019 alone, which is just crazy. There's so much money being being funneled into this game. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, part of it is that you're looking at these champions and heroes the entire yeah. time you're playing, right? So yeah. if there's a way to kind of quote unquote spice things up or you want to show off that you have money, I guess, question mark. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> then um, you can choose uh, to do that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think for players, there's almost a meta game of like oh i'm committed to this game right Mm -hmm. and so it's like a competition in a competition of like how much time and investment are you willing to put into these games yeah which is why these like skins are an opportunity to kind of show off like 
I I really have put in a ton of energy into this game. Um, yeah, it's just it's a weird. It's a it's a whole other kind of meta. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I personally have not spent too much money on League of Legends. I've been playing it since what twenty two two thousand nine, so thirteen years. Um, and I've only spent like a thousand dollars over thirty years. <laughs> no, that's so reasonable. That's so crazy to me. What? I just can't imagine putting a thousand dollars into a single video game. Like I, I understand the nature of these games is like uh-huh. you know constantly updating, constantly adding new champions, and so it does. It's not like it's a standard video game, but like there's very few things I'd put a thousand dollars into. You know what I mean? That's true. <gasps> so. Anyways, we've totally gone on, uh, gone, gone on a tangent again. Yeah, it's fine. Um, where are we? Why do people play this game? Um, next is frequent updates to keep the meta fresh. I think I touched upon this a little earlier in terms of, as with any competitive games, uh, there tends to be some meta, you know, some sort of tried and tested uh, strategy that tends to work most of the time. Mm-hmm. And these games, they're kind of an, uh, what do they call it? Like always on, no, uh, always online live service live service there you go yeah Yeah. where they keep pushing out updates so there's new champions they update the maps they add skins um one to keep people excited and second to kind of shift the meta over time right so what you did 10 years ago probably won't work today um and it also kind of keeps the uh, opportunity open for new players right so because i know for instance like for fighting games if you want to play tekken um yeah, you can be a newcomer, but you're probably going to have a hard time playing people uh, or beating people that have been playing for like 10 years, right? Because the the underlying mechanics don't really change over the years. Whereas mm-hmm. in League of Legends or Dota 2 or Smite, etc., um, they actually do a lot of these fundamental changes and reworks very often. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's almost like you're playing not a totally new game, but like a, a, like a significantly modified game mm-hmm. to the point where it feels like a new game. Um, yeah, uh, which is really the only way to prevent people from getting bored because the gameplay itself is like quite static on a generally basis, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, I'll go into a little bit more with the next comment because it all ties back. Of next is they appeal to a broad range of gamers. Um, you know, when we talked about tactical shooters last last episode, we talked about this notion of different roles, right? Um, you know, you, you can be a sniper, you can be uh, a flanker, etc. And this kind of carries on to MOBAs as well. A lot of playable characters have assigned classes. I'm just going to list off a bunch of them that aren't going to mean anything to folks who've never played. Uh, tank, bruisers, marksman, mage, <laughs> fighter, assassin, etc., etc., right? Um, and these uh, kind of categorizations kind of define how you need to play these characters, you know, are you more of a support person or are you doing the damage? Are you tanking the damage? Um, and, you know, depending on how you like to play video games or what type of role you want to have in a, in a team, I think it really caters to the different needs. And in terms of like, you know, broad appeal, there's two other things I want to uh, note, which is games or matches tend to take about 30 to 40 minutes. So it's not like a multi-hour commitment, right? Maybe you get off work and you do a game or two and then you can go do something else. Um, so they're kind of like uh, done in short bursts. Um, and also, I, you know, they're perfect spectator sports. You don't even need to play them to enjoy them um, because it's easy to follow the action. 
all the actions is contained on a single map and there's only 10 players that you need to keep track of. Um, so it's easy to understand what is going on. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'll be honest, the way that you described the genre, it definitely makes it sound pretty appealing, even for someone like me who's typically stayed away from it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like the flexibility combined with the fact that it is like, uh, like fundamentally a social game that you can play with friends and, and like team up with. Um, it's just, it just sounds like a, like a lot of fun to like dive into something that's strategic, um, but also like incentivizes, uh, team play. Yeah. I have so many points. It, this is almost like a, a League of Legends sponsored episode. Because <laughs> I, I mean, it, these games are so Riot um, Games. <laughs> Ten cent, please pay us. Uh, what was I gonna say? It, these games have such broad appeal. I just wanted to touch on all the different points because, like you mentioned, people tend to associate toxicity, and you know, why do even people? Why do people even play these things? So I want to touch on all the different aspects. Um, so the last two, uh, first is for those that are the best in the world, mobile games could be a legitimate career. Um, we talked about player count. I don't think any of the games, maybe a little bit of tactical shooters, but the genres that we talked about this season, you know, really translates well into esports. RPGs don't translate into esports, right? I, I don't think so. Anything. Okay, no. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine uh, an esports RPG. Uh, it's like a it's like a Final Fantasy speedrun team or something like that. Um, so Is there are MMORPGs, uh, esports. Yeah, there are races. So when they release new raids, uh, teams usually race to see who can complete it first. But I don't think it counts as esports. Like no one's gotcha. getting paid. So there's no time. like versus element in, in any of them. The, there are PvP elements like in World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's a huge component. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, but we digress. Uh, MOBA tends has a huge esports scene as well. Um, I would say in gaming, it has the records for a lot of different things. Um, the International 2021, which is the annual tournament for Dota 2, had a $40 million prize pool. My God. Um, the highest earnings of an esports player uh, goes to No Tail. He, he's a Dota 2 player. I don't want to uh, butcher his name, so I'm not going to say his real name. He earned $7 million in earnings so far. Um, Most money in a game, Dota 2. uh, This is like all games. Uh, Dota 2 uh, tournaments have a prize pool of combined almost $300 million so far. Um, And even in viewership, uh, esports in MOBA is very large. So League of Legends, their annual kind of championship is called Worlds. Last year's Worlds had 4 million viewers. And I put in some other numbers for comparison. Um, I put some real sports too. So Championship League <laughs> Finals was 400 million. So, you know, we can't, they're not going to beat uh, football. Um, <laughs> American football, so Super Bowl 49 had 114 million. So I just want to show the disparity between like esports isn't still a big thing as yeah. it is, you know, real sports, but compared to other type of things like CSGO only had 2 million viewers at peak Dota two only had 2 million viewers at peak. Um, I know another very popular sport um, in real life is F1. So F1 on average has about 1.6 million viewers and league had 4 million. So, um, you know, it, I, I guess we're getting there. It's obviously not going to topple the, the big sports players, um, but it is a valid avenue for people who are really good at the game yeah i mean it's an interesting meta comment as well right like how are video games changing over the years um and kind of like 
adapting in a way to be more uh, accessible, right? Like imagine 10 years ago or like 15 years ago, the video games that were being made couldn't be competitive. No one was yeah. ever like standing by to watch them the same way that, that, that people are watching the, the examples that you kind of laid out right now. It's really interesting. Yep. Um, and my final point, I swear this is the final one. Um, they're fun <laughs> to enjoy, even if you don't play them. Uh, as I mentioned before, they're a great spectator sport, you know, because there's leagues and championships and things like that. Um, all the associated activities such as like fantasy or bets. I, I, I guess we shouldn't talk about betting. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, are, like, you know, add to the social aspect of it. And a lot of these games have expanded into other uh, mediums of media or uh, media mediums, such as like Arcane is a Netflix show that ties into League of Legends. Uh, Dragon's Blood is a- also another Netflix show that ties into Dota 2. So, you know, they- they've been kind of branching out into that narrative aspect, world building aspect. So you don't necessarily need to play the game to enjoy um, the setting. Yeah, listeners, um, if anyone has not seen Arcane, I would strongly recommend it, whether or not you like League of Legends or not. Um, I do not like League of Legends, and I loved Arcane <laughs> very, very much. So strong, strongly recommend if you're if you have enough subscription. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those are the main things. I'm just gonna recap really quickly because I, I mentioned so many. One, work with the team, defeat a common enemy. There's a lot of cooperation. They tend to be social games. Second, it's easy to learn, maybe, uh, but they're definitely hard to master. <laughs> uh, most of them are free to play. There's a lot of updates to keep the meta fresh. They appeal to a broad range of gamers. If you're really, really good at them, you can make it your career. Um, and finally, they're a lot of fun to enjoy, even if you don't play the games directly. Tristan, how would you feel if our podcast inspired the next League of Legends champion? I will take a cut. <laughs> 5%. 5%? That's yeah. pretty significant. I'd be happy with like 1%. I think, I think I'd be happy with that. But yeah, Reza will take 1%. I'll take 5%. <laughs> um well you so don't for want five percent each <laughs> i mean i would love five percent but they're the ones playing the game all we did was sit here and talk about it mm-hmm. um but yeah thanks for laying all that out tristan i think like you know even i'm interested now in and in like potentially trying out a couple of different games in the genre um and i know that you've listed out a bunch of them so why don't we go ahead and, and talk about some of them yeah i'll uh i'll start with the history a little bit just so, you know, it'll round out the end-to-end understanding, and then I can jump into recommendations. So games in this genre actually started a long time ago. Um, I'm talking like the 80s. <laughs> I wasn't oh, wow. Old. We weren't even born then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just you were. No, I, no, I wasn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not that old. Uh, I I hope Um, there was a game on the Mega Drive or the Sega Genesis called Herzog's Way, uh, which was a real time strategy game. Um, It used a very similar formula of a player controlling a single unit um, on one of two sides of a battlefield. Uh, You know, so it didn't, you know, create the perfect MOBA, but I think it was the the best uh, inspiration for others to follow. Um, so a lot of other games, such as like Guilty Gear 2 Overture, Air Mech really followed suit in terms of how Herzog did it. Um, but I would consider that to be, uh, consider that to be the inception of mobile games. Um, where was it, real, go was it online as well, or was it, uh, was it just, was it offline? 
it, it was 1989. The internet did not exist. Yeah, that's what, I, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I figured. I was like, oh, wait, they had the internet back then? <laughs> okay, the internet okay. did exist, but there was no online play. Uh, gotcha. There was there was like local multiplayer, um, if anyone okay. remembers that. Uh, Makes but, sense. But uh, I, I think the real kind of big, uh, in, uh, what do you call it? The big, I'm losing my mind. Uh, advancement. The big advancement that happened in MOBA was in StarCraft. You may have heard of StarCraft, which mm-hmm. is probably one of the mo- most uh, popular real-time strategy games released by Blizzard. Um, that game had a the ability for users to make custom scenarios and custom maps. So you can build out a map by yourself. You can add in triggers. You can add in who you can control, things like that. And there was a custom map on StarCraft called Aeon of Strife. Um, which is widely accepted to be like the first actual MOBA in the genre where four players each control a single powerful unit. So that goes back to what we talked about with controlling a hero or a champion um, aided by weak weak computer-controlled units, so like the minions, Mm -hmm. and they compete against a stronger computer. So um, that is kind of the official first MOBA that happened in StarCraft. And I I think a lot of the... um, inspiration really carried through within blizzard because dota um i know i've been saying dota but dota stands for defense of the ancients and i know i've been saying dota 2 which implies that there was a dota 1 um dota 1 was created in 2003 in warcraft 3 which was also another blizzard real-time strategy um and this was a map that was based on aeon aeon of strife and it was actually the first kind of major MOBA game that had sponsored tournaments um, similar to Ooh. fighting games when, you know, everything was grassroots and um, you had to drive across the country to play together. Um, <laughs> Dota was the same thing where there were land tournaments and, you know, sponsors to actually fund and, and give prizes to, to winners. That's interesting. I also had no idea that it actually stood for defense of the ages. I thought it was just Dota. I thought that was just a yeah. thing. They, they were playing Wordle and they, <laughs> they screwed up real bad. Um, that's a topical reference for you folks. Uh, so Dota was very big. Um, it wasn't the most polished game because, you know, it still had the constraints of the engine it was sitting in, right? It was built in Warcraft 3. Um, and Dota spawned off two spiritual successors, uh, one called League of Legends in 2009, which we've been talking about a lot, mm-hmm. and another called Heroes of New Earth, uh, released in 2010. Um, and Dota 2 actually got its own sequel uh, after Valve hired the original um, or, or the, the person working on the map. Uh, Ice Frog. So they released that in 2013. And there's been other games in the genre as well. You know, Blizzard took an attempt to actually release their own version again called Heroes of the Storm. Um, so there's been a lot of different games that have been coming out since then. Um, I just want to note a couple different things. You know, we've been talking about how these games are really big now, huge player bases, things like that. Um, but when it started, it wasn't as big. Obviously, uh, Dota was featured in the WCG. I don't know if you're... Uh, I, I think you're too young to know about this, Raza, but there I was this so. thing called uh, World Cyber Games where it was like the Olympics. Every country submitted a list of uh, esports players to compete at different games. Oh, wow. Uh, 
Um, and Dota was one of those games where it had a prize pool of 500,000, uh, which is a lot considering, you know, 2005. Yeah. Uh, um, League of Legends came out in 09. And in 2011, that's when esports and MOBA really took off. Um, League of Legends World Season 1 had a prize pool of 100K. Uh, the International, which is Dota 2's uh, version, had a prize pool of 1.3 million. Um, and then a, a bunch of the other games that we've been talking about, uh, Heroes of the Storm, Smite, they came out soon after 2013, 2014. Um, and it basically became this kind of like flavor of the month genre. Um, you probably remember where there, where we had like five zombie survival games that came out every month, right? Yep. Uh, it basically became that. Everyone was rushing to make a MOBA game that can draw in the most players. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, the money was clearly pretty uh, pretty big, right? And it, I think it was also a time when video games were looking for a new model almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm assuming most of these games were still were free to play, correct? So there was still a ton of risk involved with creating one because of the fact that if you went wrong, you just lost a ton of money. Yeah. And that is not to say they were all successes. I think the ones we've been naming are the ones that were able to survive. Um, I actually pulled a list of dead MOBAs, aka games they had to pull the plug on. Um, it's obviously much a bigger list. Uh, it's a bigger list than this, but I want to name them um, to you know pay pay respects, I guess. I, I feel I, like I, we should play the uh, like the Titanic theme song. The, over this. <laughs> yeah, future Tristan overlay the Titanic <laughs> theme song. <laughs> so a couple games you may have heard of or you probably didn't hear of, like Warhammer Online, Wrath of Heroes, Infinite Crisis, Dawngate, Master X Master, Paragon, which was an epic games attempt at making a MOBA gigantic and even while the original mobile games that i mentioned heroes of new earth they're actually shutting down later this year um i actually played that a lot i was pretty good at it um not to brag uh, <laughs> but uh okay. yeah um yeah you know i could have i could have had a a career in moba i I made a mistake, but no, yeah, there, there's, you know, similar to battle royales, similar to um, card games, similar to whatever the other uh, flavor of the month is with game genres in general. There's definitely a huge chunk of games that just died after release or, you know, didn't get enough support. Interesting. Yeah. So you've listed a ton of stuff there. I think it's definitely interesting to hear the history and especially, you know, kind of sad to hear the ones that didn't make it. But I think for people that are interested in trying them out now, um, if you had to, to give a few current day suggestions, what would they be? Yeah, I brought five games with me. Um, they're kind of across a different spectrum. I, I can go into a little bit. I know my uh, description in the notes doesn't really help you, so feel free to ask questions. <laughs> um, the first one I put is Pokemon Unite. Um I put it as the friendliest, and I think it's because if you like Pokemon, I think you're going to enjoy the characters that they bring because you get to play as a a Pokemon that you may or may not like. I like playing as Pikachu. Um, And the gameplay and mechanics are very uh, easy, (laughs) let's say. They're very simple. Um, So there's not a lot to kind of pick up. There's no items um, the meta is very simple and there's a lot of room for error. So even if you mess up, there's a chance for you to come back and actually win the game. So uh, that's the first one. I, I don't know if you had any questions specifically about Pokemon Unite. 
No, I've said enough about my opinions about Pokemon. Um, I'll, it's I'll the combination silent. of best worlds for you, Pokemon and MOBA game. <laughs> and MOBA game. I actually saw my friend playing this, and I was like, "Oh, this looks interesting." Um, but I do agree. I think it. I it it definitely looks more basic than the few times that I've played League of Legends or, or any of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're clearly going for a more approachable style and like almost mixing the popularity of MOBA with the simplicity of what makes Pokemon so popular, right? Like it's easy to jump into and you kind of just like play the game. It's not like a complicated meta or anything like that. Yeah. Um, And this one is like definitely the one that highlights easy to learn the most Mm -hmm. um, because there's honestly not much to learn. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, you can play it on your Switch, you can play it on your mobile phones. Um, There's a lot of ways to get in. Uh, I would say even Nintendo, shame on you, even the Pokemon company uh, is utilizing predatory practices in Pokemon (laughs) Unite. Uh, There is a battle pass, there are skins you can purchase, and there are loot boxes in Pokemon Unite. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised that it's there, but it is disheartening, especially since, you know, the audience for this one in particular is likely going to be kids. Yeah. Yeah. so hopefully no one is stealing their parents' credit cards and, and spending thousands of dollars oh, they are. on Pikachu. They are. Uh, 100%. <laughs> that's great. I love it. Um, uh, there, I, love, I love children gambling. Yeah. I love- <laughs> are we going to jail or are they going to jail? <laughs> um, actually, one extra predatory practice. This is like an unrecommendation segment. <laughs> Seriously? Um, there are items that you can equip outside of matches so they're kind of like long-term progression stat upgrades and those items can be upgraded using real money so there's a kind of a pay-to-win aspect of pokemon unite which i'm very against Uh, gotcha yeah no i think these the genre is is kind of always towing the line a little bit right to like see what's possible and what isn't because again they're free games right Mm -hmm. and so this is their entire business model is like, let's try to make money off of alpha people um, as easily as possible. And when you make it seem like it's small amounts, then it's just like more likely to happen. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's only, it's only $5. Come on. Yeah. It's only a thousand dollars over 13 years. <laughs> right? um, the next game I put down was Dota 2 defense of the ancients Two. I, I, the note here is it's the remake of the original. So uh, Defense of the Ancients was the first big MOBA, uh, as I mentioned before, and this is the remake. Better graphics, um, all the new updates come here. It has a fairly big following. It definitely has the biggest esports uh, prize pool. And I, I think if you're looking to sink your teeth into probably one of the most complicated MOBA games, um, this is the one to, to jump into. And the reason why Dota 2 is so complicated is, as I mentioned you get all the heroes off the bat. So if you're new, you have to somehow learn every, like 120 characters' abilities um, and how they interact with each other. Uh, you have to learn every single item that's in the game and which one to buy for your characters. And there are some real uh, detailed uh, mechanics. <laughs> so that's the nicest way to put it. Uh, let me kind of relate it to last of us so you it's easier for you to understand so the analogy is that like let's say joel and um oh god what's the girl character's name ellie ellie don't do my Uh, girl like that (laughs) uh in in the last of us when you turn like when you rotate them they turn at the same uh speed right like degrees Mm -hmm. per second 
Yes. In, in Dota 2, different characters have different turning speeds. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. And to cast a spell, sometimes you have to face the direction of where you want to cast it. So if you're playing a character that has a slower turning speed, you, you basically to have to account for that as you're casting the spell. Um, and as I mentioned, there's like 120 characters, so you need to learn all the nuances um, across <laughs> all the different characters. Yeah, that's interesting. I gotta say, like, these games are are pretty impressive from a game design perspective because of the fact that, like, like Dota, exactly as you described, that takes a level of commitment, right? Like, you have to pick a champion and, like, dedicate a solid couple of sessions to actually learning them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, that can get boring in the long run, and the game also incentivizes you bounce to a bunch of different champions, right? Mm-hmm. And so finding a balance between a character that is interesting to play and... Uh, to the point where you're willing to dive deep into them and spend like a bunch of hours alerting the minutiae of their movements. Um, but also incentivizing someone to bounce to someone totally new and right. like risk the rank loss or whatever that might come with that. It's like a, it's a really interesting game design challenge. And so I don't know. I think it's interesting. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of people get addicted to these games. Cause you know, it's a huge time sink. Yeah. And when when you see something new, usually the new characters that they release tend to be overpowered uh, by design, so everyone plays them. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm serious. So yeah, uh, I think that adds to that cycle there. Um, yeah, and sure. and to your point, playing ten games as a hero or champion is probably not going to cut it. Um, I usually say you have to play a champion about a hundred times before you understand how they work. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So that no. that's like fifty hours. I have a job, so I can't can't do that. <laughs> I don't know about you, Justin. Uh, I also have a job. I just cut into my sleep. Um, <laughs> the next games, I, I'm going to do both of them at the same time. I mentioned it a billion times. League of Legends, made by Riot Games, um, and League of Legends Wild Rift. So League of Legends is the biggest MOBA. Um, I think whether you're looking to play it or just watch it or you know jump into the world that they have built, uh, it's probably a good one to start. I will plus one Raza's comment about it being super toxic. Um, it made me super toxic from time to time. So if you have worries about that, <laughs> maybe don't play it, just watch it. Um, and League of Legends Wild Rift is the mobile version that you can play on your phones. Um, and t- speaking about predatory practices, when you buy a skin for a champion in League of Legends, it doesn't carry over to Wild Rift, so you have to buy it twice. <laughs> To be fair, I don't think the player audience for the two of those is is overlaps that much. I don't know. Do you think it overlaps? Uh, my friends and I who have played League of Le- who play League of Legends a lot, when we go on vacation or something, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, last year, we went down to Santa Cruz and we all played Wild Rift together at the <laughs> at the Airbnb we were at. Oh my god, <laughs> you guys are crazy. That's so there's sense. some overlap. Okay, uh, I guess that's fair. And. Going back to predatory practices, sometimes they add events and stuff that like you need to play one version of the game to unlock in the other, right? Oh, interesting. Okay. Fun things like that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This oh. is an unrecommendation, as I said. Yeah, Maybe seriously. This is like a warning to, to people. At this point, uh, we're just talking about the genre, not actually recommending it. Yeah. This is like when you, uh, you, you know, when you buy a pack of cigarettes, it has like the huge label, oh right? God. Like, this is like us being really upfront with the uh, potential downsides. I'm going uh, to get the, sued by Riot for comparing League of Legends to a pack of cigarettes. Cigarettes? I mean, it's kind of in line, isn't it? It's pretty in line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the last game I wanted to bring up was Smite. 
Um, I forget the developer, so uh, utilize Google as you could, uh, listeners. Uh, but I want to bring it up because it is unique in the sense that a lot of the games that I brought up prior are top-down isometric views. So you look at the map from a bird's eye view and you control your characters and move around in that manner. Whereas Smite is closer to um, like Gears of War or Metal Gear Solid, where you're looking at them from a third-person view. So the camera's behind your character, um, which introduces a lot of different types of mechanics um, and strategies into the MOBA genre. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I wouldn't have considered that like a change of perspective would have that much of an impact on gameplay. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is you can't see behind you, mm. right? Like your your field of view is 180 instead of 360. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, uh, this was my quote unquote list of recommendations for <laughs> recommendations. Games. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it, it is really interesting how varying a lot of these games are. And I think for people that are interested in this, right, like you can likely find a game that's tuned to your level of interest. You know, if you're just like trying things out, you know, Pokemon Unite or something like that would be great. Um, otherwise, any of the more hardcore toxic games like Dota 2 and League of Legends will, will probably work for you. Um, just don't break your laptop or your computer in the process. Yeah, I, I guess what I will say is like like a legitimate warning. These games, depending on your um, personality, do tend to be addictive. Uh, I think I played 2,000 hours of Dota 2 just oh. in just in college. Oh just oh in college. Um, that's about 10 hours a week for four years straight. So oh my God. Uh, just a warning. Be careful. Uh, they're fun. But I, I would. Should we even release this episode? This just <laughs> put in like, what is this? Um, I, I think it's fun if you play with friends and and you know limit your time. But you know, yeah. everyone's adult. Everyone's an adult here listening to this, <laughs> right? Like, adult. are there children allowed to listen to this? Oh God. Um, but yeah. But yeah. Any other comments or questions or things like that? No, I think we're good to close it off. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Loading Screen. You're um, welcome. Yeah, especially <laughs> to you, Raza. Thank, thank you for joining. Uh, as again, we're a podcast where we help you, the listener, discover new games and genres. You can find all Loading Screen episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and probably all your other favorite podcast directories. Um, I think the next episode will be our last for the season, so keep an eye on that. I think it's going to be really fun. And in the meantime, um, yeah, I've been your host, as always, Tristan Zhang. Raza with you all, huh? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>